just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all, I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone, it's Seth here, and we're bringing to you today for the first time the debrief from the GoPro closet, the new home of Create Equals podcast. We're here because we've been, as many people have been listening to us, we've been throughout the summer and other times working with our interns in a different location. Now we're finally back in our office with a Create Equals staff member who will be joining us in a few moments to talk about a conversation. So I'm excited to be here in the GoPro closet for the first time with the debrief. Yes, our GoPro closet is now very blue, um, very blue. black, I yes. guess, because we have acoustic panels that are both of those colors and uh, foreshadowing our t-shirts coming your way. The blue is kind of the color of our t-shirt. Watch out for the merch. It's coming your way. Yeah, that's right. And so today we're going to be talking about an important discussion, not only about acoustic panels, that is important, but also about religious arguments, particularly those people who bring up arguments from the Bible to defend abortion. And to do that, we'll talk about an outreach where we were downtown, but also near the Ohio State University talking to students about abortion. Yeah. And so joining us today is Lizbeth. Thank you so much, Lizbeth, for coming on. Thank you for having me. So, yes, like Seth was saying, we were kind of near Ohio State, like right in front of it. The um, Ohio State. The Ohio State. I'm sorry, forgive me. Um, and so most of the people we talked to today were college students. But, Lizbeth, I want you to give us like a little overview of how outreach went today. It was good overall. This was probably the first time that I had really been at the first time that it felt like a normal outreach since before the interns were here because, you know, during the internship, we want the interns to be having most of the conversations. And so we were always there to help, but I didn't necessarily have my own conversations during the summer. So I felt a little rusty because it's been a couple months since I've been the one to have the conversations, but it was really good overall. There were a lot more people than I was used to, probably the biggest um, crowds of people that I've seen since before COVID. So that was great. If you could just pause there for a second, Lizbeth, for any of our listeners who got to know our interns over the summer, listening to their podcasts as we release them into the fall, they would maybe have heard your name because while it's true that our staff members are having fewer conversations during the summer, our internship program is where people like you were paired with new interns to kind of mentor them in conversations. So mm -hmm. your name has been referenced by Amelia, I think in our first episode where she was explaining you helped her in conversations. So that was an important part of our program that now we're though grateful to be back doing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, Elizabeth, I kind of want you to get into, um, you had one conversation that stuck out to us, just like we do in every single podcast, um, talk about the one conversation that um, was really interesting, I guess. I don't know. We talk about it for different reasons, depending on what the conversation was. But give us a little overview of how that went. So, a man was passing by. He didn't seem to be an OSU student, just kind of passerby, because um, we're still in kind of a downtown area as well. And I asked him what he thought about abortion, and he said that he would disagree with abortion generally, except in the case of rape. Okay. And I'm so sorry I have to ask you this. Is his name Amian, or were you saying a man? A man. Got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought the same know. thing, too. I didn't know. Right. And I didn't want to reference it later on and look dumb. So that makes a lot I of sense. I unfortunately do not know his name. He's just a man. Okay. <laughs> Understood. Understood. But so he was generally opposed to abortion. Yes. but supported in the case of rape only. Yes. And what was the basis of his argument for abortion in the case of rape? The basis was he did not feel comfortable forcing a woman to carry a baby if she didn't want to after the trauma of the rape. Okay. And so what was his, um, I guess, evidence for supporting that or what was his reasonings for that? Um, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, we talked about the fact that the rapist was the one who committed the act of force, not us by saying that she should not then continue the force and take that out on the baby. Um, and he agreed, of course, that the rapist is the one who should be punished to the fullest extent of the law, but he still 
saw, he didn't see the baby as a victim so much as almost another perpetrator of a crime. Mm -hmm. He didn't want the mom to be forced to carry the baby to term if she didn't want to. So we're his, and we have talked a bit about, uh, this is a very common argument for abortion, the issue of rape, the injustice of rape, of course. So I'm curious, though, we have talked a bit about that in other episodes, but with this gentleman, uh, the man we're talking about, what were, were he give, was he giving more just general natural philosophy arguments or theological arguments? What were some of the, like, these frames of reference from which he argued for abortion? Mainly theological. We didn't really get into the scientific argument of are they human because I think that he agreed uh, with me that these were human beings. I don't think that he really could deny that. But it was mainly theological. He would say things like, well, God gave us all free will and God tells us not to impose our beliefs on others. And although he might think something is right or wrong, he thinks he can't tell somebody else. Well, I think that would kind of be beneficial to just get into the clip so then we can kind of unpack each thing that he was saying. Saying that it's wrong. Who am I to tell the someone Bible who's does... morally wrong and right? I'm, my morals are different than theirs, so I can't tell them my morals. I can't. Are there some things? Are there some things that are objectively right and wrong? Yeah, but I can't. If someone doesn't believe in God, I can't force them to believe in God because I believe in God. It clearly says right. in the Bible not to do that. We're it right. We're, we're talking about. Your beliefs upon others. Where does it say that? Okay. Let me go ahead and Google. It. <laughs> Let me go ahead. I'm not saying it doesn't. I just want to know what you're referring to. Okay, now, I mean, I don't hear anything happening right now, but Elizabeth, I'm watching this. What's happening at this point? He's Googling on his phone Bible <laughs> passages to find. Okay, I see his phone. Does the, does the Bible say not to steal a convertible? It says not to steal. That is actually one of the Ten Commandments. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so it says also not to commit an abortion because it says do not murder. Yeah. It's the same type of thing, you see? As one for who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not so quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may be anything, God but each person is his own investment. All right, so at this point he's going to go, it looks like he's going to keep talking for a while. So I think we can pause there. Um, what is he going into right now where we left the conversation? So he had Googled a list of, I forget what he told me specifically, he Googled uh, scripture passages about not forcing your faith on others or something. And without giving me references or anything for any of them, he just read through as if it was an entire passage. And I, I really don't even know all of the passages he was referring to because he didn't reference them. <laughs> he just kept going. Probably on the website that he was looking up, didn't give the references probably either. Not. So I think it's probably safe to say. Um, but yeah, he just continued sharing those with you. And then you had the opportunity to respond, I guess. Yes. He, you know, we tried to talk about what was the context of those verses that you're just pulling out of Google. <laughs> um, but he didn't really want to hear that because, you know, he was just saying like, well, the Bible says what it says. Are you really going to argue with that? So, mm -hmm. And I think going back to the first part of, uh, of the clip where he was talking about how you can't force um, your religious beliefs on other people or force people who don't believe in God um, to uphold a moral standard, kind of go into what you usually say. I know this guy was talking over you and he was kind of being a steamroller. So uh -huh. it was really hard to get your point across. But in general, what do you tell people who hold to the belief that you can't tell somebody else what to do? Yeah. So when they when they agree that some things are definitely immoral, but they think that they can't tell other people that that's immoral. It's a little different situation than, of course, people who just think that there are no morals. So with those people, I, I typically try to come up with an example that I know that they will agree that it's immoral. Um, rape is a common 
situation that I use for that because nobody is going to tell you that rape is sometimes okay. So I'll make the comparison to rape and say, well, is that always immoral? Yes. Should we intervene if we, uh, you know, to save a victim in this circumstance? So it seems like that's what you were kind of asking in the beginning when we first started listening to the clip, right? So he was saying that he should not force his faith on anyone. You were asking, but are there some things that are objectively wrong for everyone? Mm -hmm. I'm not quite clear if he actually agreed with you that that some things are objectively wrong. He clearly opposes rape, which is a good thing. He ought Mm -hmm. to oppose sexual assault. But it wasn't clear to me, would he say that is wrong for everyone? I'm not really sure. I I think that... If I had to guess, I think he would say, well, personally, I think that's wrong for everybody, but I wouldn't tell somebody else, <laughs> which is essentially not believing in objective morality. And it was weird how he like lit up whenever you said the thing about stealing a car because <laughs> he was like, yeah, stealing's wrong. Like it's in the Ten Commandments. Like he was like so offended by that. Like, obviously that's wrong. That's so, actually a Ten Commandment. Yeah. So I'm like guessing, I don't know. I feel like he would probably say a lot of things were immoral and across the board, they should be illegal. Um, and pe- I'm fine telling somebody you can't steal my property um, or steal other people's property. But when it comes to abortion, because people put it in a different category, I don't know, I guess now we're just assuming um, what he believes. But I feel like from what I gathered, he may fall into the camp of he has separated abortion into a different category. Mm -hmm. And so that category we can't talk about. Yeah, I think this is important for people who are listening. So again, it's hard to just jump into conversation here, a 30 second clip and really get it. But this is common. I think we often people think Christians oppose abortion. But Elizabeth, you were talking to someone today who would say he was a Christian, but say because he believes he should not force his view as a Christian, therefore abortion is permissible. So we want to give people some tips. How should we respond to that? And I think your first tactic was really important, saying, well, are there things that are objectively wrong for everyone? If they are, like rape, it doesn't really matter whether you're Muslim, Jew, Christian, you should not rape someone. This is an objective moral law that no one should break. Now, We, I think this man would probably agree with us that objective moral law comes from God. Mm -hmm. But the point is that when you have an objective moral law that everyone should follow, no one should break that law, rape, Mm -hmm. abortion, so on and so forth. And that's an important point. I think people, again, might believe Christians hold to that, but don't always. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of makes it a little bit more difficult in conversations, but he was using Bible verses. We can get into that later out of context. Um, and so even whenever you bring up other Bible verses to um, explain to him how you know that Christians should believe in a moral standard and that we should um, tell other people about that moral standard and we should hold other people accountable for their actions, um, it's easy for people who claim to be Christians but don't um, hold the Bible to be God's word or to be authoritative in their life to kind of get around that. So Seth, mm-hmm. in conversations that you have with people who claim to be Christians, but they'll, they'll be like flip floppy. I don't even know. Um, uh, with scripture, how do you um, engage in that conversation and how do you get through to them the, the importance of looking at the clear um, biblical texts? Well, I think one thing tactically, first of all, that we should point to what Lizbeth did was that awkward pause, right? So we're like, (laughs) what's going on right now in this clip? So where you ask him, where does it say that? I hear so many times people say the Bible does this, 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 says this, this, and this. Usually when I ask, well, where is that? They can't find it. Mm -hmm. This gentleman did find a list of things, which he was then giving kind of this long litany of uh, verses, which is hard in 20 minutes for us to chat about every (laughs) single one in detail. But I think that's the first important point. Tactically ask them, where does the Bible say that? A lot of people have heard that the Bible says things that the Bible clearly does not say. But there are other things that the Bible does say very clearly that they're overlooking, which is, again, back to his whole point here where he's saying the Bible doesn't condemn abortion. 
Well, yes, it does, actually. The Bible does not say that you should not lynch an African-American, but the Bible clearly condemns lynching African-Americans by inference. So it gives us a principle in the Ten Commandments, which you referenced, Lizbeth, that thou shall not commit murder. You shouldn't kill innocent people intentionally, which is the first part of our argument against abortion. You shouldn't intentionally kill innocent people. The Bible says that. So whether you're doing it through lynching or saline abortions or through RE46 or through dilation evacuation or whatever it may be, any means of intentionally killing innocent people, that is condemned by inference in the Bible. So it's very clear on that. Mm -hmm. So pointing that out to people, I think, is really um, important. Like, putting them, um, stopping them in their tracks whenever they're trying to give you all these Bible verses um, and say, obviously, clearly, this is what the Bible teaches because they got it out. And I even heard you say, I don't know if we got to that point in the um, in the clip yet, but you even said, well, we need to understand these things correctly, right? Because hmm. you can take a sentence out of anything. Um, you could take a sentence out of this podcast and make it seem like we're saying something we are completely not. Um, so stopping them, Taking Someone will probably time. do that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Taking your time in conversations, not re- realizing you don't have to rush through every conversation, um, but putting them in the in the hot seat, having them um, have to show the burden of proof for the claims that they're making. And I tried to ask for evidence without being too much like, you know, without acting like I was really challenging him too much. And I, I said multiple times, like, I'm not saying that I disagree with you or that that's not in the Bible, but I want to hear what you're referencing and you know, give me specific examples. And I think he took it more as a challenge, um, you know, more offensively than I intended it. I just wanted him to expound on what he meant by that. Um, well, do you I remember to find common ground too, but sorry to um, interrupt. It reminds okay. me of something we talked about last year, I think in our team, uh, sea lioning. Remember this, this is like oh, actually yes. a thing that, um, to ask someone for evidence of their view yes. And there's, it's not a fallacy, but they're pretending it's a fallacy, people today. Yeah. So you, by asking him, where does it say that give me evidence of your claim is apparently sea lioning, which if, if you're listening, that was new to me too. But to we actually think, no, that actually makes sense. If he's making a claim, Lizbeth, it was entirely justifiable of you to ask him to support it. Yeah. Anyone who makes a claim should be ready to support it. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, people make claims they're not ready to support. Lizbeth, I'm curious, though, if, as we kind of keep going a little bit deeper what do we do with this claim, though, that we, as Christians, we should not force our view on others? Does the Bible condemn judgment? Because that is a claim we hear a lot. How do we wrestle with the idea of our Christian faith and judgment? Yeah, well, the Bible says a lot about judgment, and people often take Jesus's words or other passages um, talking about, you know, instructing us to not judge each other as in, like, we can't judge what's right and wrong. And that's really not what it's saying. If you actually look at the passage, it's um, talking about you know, not being hypocritical and um, take the log out of your own eye before you try to address someone else's fault. Um, But we definitely do have, um, there definitely are passages where judgment is condoned. Yeah, I think it's super important. So people seem to act as if the 11th commandment is you shall not judge, Mm -hmm. but that is not the case. Christ did not say you should not judge. Actually, to be a discerning person and knowing what is right and wrong is a very important part of the Christian life, right? So as you correctly said, Many people refer to a short sentence of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, not looking at it in context, that he said, mm-hmm. you ought to first judge yourself and then take the speck out of your uh, your yeah. brother's eye, not to do no judging whatsoever. Yeah. And I also think that leaves victims in a very vulnerable, vulnerable place. If mm-hmm. you're not going to judge anybody for anything they do, I'm sure this guy that you were talking to, he would make some sort of judgment. If there was um, somebody 
uh, harassing or hurting another person right in front of him, a, a less, a more vulnerable person, I would hope he would step in. I would hope he said something, yeah, I think he would. you know, in, in care and protect that person. Um, is he judging the action of um, mm-hmm. the terrible person um, committing the act? I mean, I guess I should have made a better example so we could talk about it, but he would have to make a judgment call, say that, yeah, that person is doing something that is not right. I need to step in and protect that victim. Yeah. Um, well, his, his whole beginning with rape proves that, right? If yeah. we saw mm-hmm. someone trying to sexually assault someone, we would intervene because there's a person there being harmed. He agrees with us, I think, at his core. It's just, again, like we said before, abortion is somehow different, the separate category for people because of the prejudice we have against preborn people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's why we need to make sure we get that, um, take people out of that mindset that it's not a separate thing. And I think a great way to do that, I want to hear y'all's thoughts on it. Um, What I've tried to do is explain to them all the other times in our society now and in past um, generations, how we have separated human beings and um, made them um, out to be something less than. Um, and we're doing the same thing with the preborn now. And um, if we were in that time and place right now, wouldn't we want to stand up um, and fight for the victims? Well, that, this just brings it back to also the fact that we're talking about Christians today who support abortion. You referred to throughout history, the times in which humans have dehumanized others. That is a blight on our uh, past. Mm-hmm. But there are also many beautiful stories of people who, prim- many people motivated by their faith in God who have defended those peoples. Um, we can think of many, William Wilberforce and many others throughout time who have defended those dehumanized because of their faith in God. And now we have people, and there were those at the time too, but clearly a lot of people today, because of their faith in God, justifying perpetuating the injustice that is disgusting we we look at people who use the bible to condone slavery and think that was clearly wrong they should never have done that but people like this man on the street today are doing the same thing with abortion that is tragedy that really does repeat itself yeah that's a really good point i'm going to use that now in my conversations with people i'm excited one also thing i think it's important for us to talk about here is so kind of coming to uh wrapping this up here what do we how do we inspire inspire and motivate people who say they believe in God to care? What can we do? I, I don't know. Like that's, that's the question, Seth. I, I think showing them um, other examples of things that their heart is already burdened for. Um, like I was talking to a, a girl today about adoption, and everything and her heart is burdened for those in foster care. Um, so explaining to them, yes, you have a deep burden for this. God has a burden for all of us. We're all made in his image. Um, we should care not just about those we can see or those we may like, um, but all human beings, I guess. I, I, that's what I do. I don't know if that's the best tactful way, though. That's the best thing step. I can usually think of doing is trying to find something that resonates with them, some other example where they can that will kind of wake them up. And sometimes it works and mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I think that's super important. I think we often forget that uh, because we we so want to change people's minds on abortion, we forget that, that we are limited what we can do. We must present all the evidence. And with those who are believers like us or say they are, certainly we should not only present the arguments against abortion, but com- uh, show them that their faith in God ought to motivate not merely opposing abortion in theory, but actively fighting mm-hmm. for these people because of what John writes in his first letter about loving in truth and in deed, not in word only, that we have all these commands to love our neighbors, actively defend them. So I think that's important. And then beyond that, praying the Spirit would convict them because, again, mm-hmm. we're limited what we can do. God can do things far beyond what we can do. But I think this is an important conversation we'll probably revisit again in future episodes because there are many bad arguments for abortion from 
religious scriptures, primarily the Bible, but I've heard others use other scriptures as well. So um, I think it's an important topic of conversation I can't wait to take up later, but also, Lizbeth, thank you for joining us today. Everyone listening, thanks for um, listening to us as our first time recording in the GoPro closet. We'll be back here again (laughs) soon. But until then, you know the drill. Please subscribe. If you like what you're hearing in the podcast, The Debrief, leave us a five-star review. You can also find us on our social media at createequal on Facebook, at createequal.org on Twitter, Instagram, or you can also just go to createequal.org. Thank you for joining us. This has been The Debrief.